Hi, and welcome to Episode 7 of the Dinner Sisters Podcast, where two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. And I'm Betsy Wallace. I'm living, working, and raising a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but as we know by now, I (laughs) can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. There's a bit of a sigh in there. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah. yeah, but it was a sigh. So that's why we're doing this. Okay. It's, it's, it's like nearing the end of the school year. I feel like that's always a crazy time. <laughs> oh my gosh, right? Okay. So our goal with this podcast, we want to cook a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. This episode, we talk about three recipes I picked solely on their title, which uh, may or may not have been a great strategy. Well, we will see. It was an adventure for sure. Uh, And (laughs) as usual, we'll wrap it up with the smorgasbord. So this week's theme in the smorgasbord is sibling rivalry. Kate and I are going to duke it out over what is delicious in a chicken salad. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I love this theme. All right, let's go. It seems ridiculous, but it is very important. Yeah. It's very important. Okay. So um, our three meals this week are enchilada bubble up casserole from Budget Bites. Mm -hmm. We've got loco moco from Mm -hmm. Spoon Fork Bacon. And the last one is one pot creamy lemon chicken pasta with kale from Spoonful of Flavors. And I thought we'd start out this week talking about enchilada bubble up casserole from Budget Bites. Um, We've had Budget Bites on um, our podcast before, and we just keep coming back to it because solid recipes that focus on keeping to a fairly reasonable food budget, which I think is good. So this name just sounded fun. So I went ahead and added it to this week. Yeah, it was fun. It's a fun name. And it's a bit of an unusual casserole. So you make a biscuit dough. And your own enchilada sauce, which is actually pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And then mix it all together with shredded chicken and black beans. You bake the dough and sauced chicken for a while. And then you add the cheese on the top. Yeah. So imagine a biscuity version of enchiladas. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's accurate, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. Yeah. Um, I thought this recipe was good, but it took a lot longer to bake than the recipe stated maybe almost twice as long. Even though I almost fainted from hunger, I had um, a very difficult workout. (laughs) Um, I I kept checking it for doneness um, because underdone biscuit dough is gross. Did you have the same issue? I did. So, and it's hard with the biscuits because you're like, are they done? Mm, I don't, uh." Yeah. you know, but this was definitely one of those nights where I was swatting kids out of the pantry because they're trying to sneak crackers. (laughs) And I'm like, no, get out of there. This dinner's coming. I promise. I promise it will be done soon. (laughs) Stop eating, you know, saltines. So my other issue with this, that just this week was that I didn't have pre-cooked chicken on hand so i ended up having to do the chicken first and it was just it was a fair amount of work for me but you know what i did i was thinking as i made it that i did like making the dough and if you are kind of a Mm. bread baker it's kind of satisfying to be like making some kind of dough for dinner at least for me yeah i think you gotta like plan for the time for that so this is much long took much longer than 
the recipe even stated. And I think it's really important to note. I didn't note that you had to let the dough rest for an hour. Oh, yeah. Uh You know, dropping my sugar even lower. You know? Yeah. And so, and plus the cooking time, you know, it was a a bit of a time investment. But yeah, the dough was good, though. I mean. So I thought the dough was good. I don't think I know. I don't remember if I told you this or not, but I have a recipe from our mom that's like bubble up it's like carl's favorite bubble up pizza and carl is our younger brother and it's in my recipe box that she gave to me and i've never made it and now when i was eating this enchilada version i was thinking i think with a biscuity base i would rather Mm -hmm. kind of go pizza flavors over mexican just my personal preference and maybe my kids but I would def I would use her biscuit recipe and maybe make it like on a Saturday afternoon when you know you yeah. you can start early and you're having a pizza night or something or a Mexican right. enchilada bubble up night or something. Um, right. But but your but your average weeknight it it was probably too much. Yeah. yeah yeah I mean I would agree I think if I made two changes it would be cut down the time use a different biscuit recipe or use the pop up pop out. You know, what are the tube biscuits? Yes. Yeah. And just do that and maybe use a shallower baking dish and make it a lot, a lot thinner, a lot less thick to cut down on the baking time. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, there's kind of major modifications to the rest the recipe. I like the flavor. I like the idea, but I felt like it ex- executed poorly. Yeah. So I would give it a low. Ugh, gosh, I originally wrote three out of five. I'm going like two and a half here. That would so, be my rating. Yeah, I was more like a two out of five for me, basically, because I don't think I would. It made me kind of think, oh, I would make a bubble up pizza mm-hmm. casserole. And then I thought, but that's not at all what this is. So <laughs> I sh- and I probably wouldn't make this exact recipe again. So, yeah. All right. That's where I landed on that one. Well, moving along. Yeah. Loco Moco from Spoon Fork Bacon. Kate, you need to tell me how you found the Locomoco. Okay. <laughs> You've never, <laughs> never heard, heard of Locomoco? I have not. Before no. in your life? Huh. Yeah. Oh, funny. But apparently, uh, I, I guess I've never been to Hawaii, so there you go. Right. Which is like a problem for both of us, honestly, yeah, yeah. if we're on it, you know, if we're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This recipe just popped up in Spoon Fork Bacon one day, and it reminded me that I've seen this recipe before, I think probably on one of those travel shows about Hawaii, because like you, I have also not been to Hawaii. Yeah. I guess this is one of the comfort foods of the island. It's a pile of rice, a hamburger patty mushroom gravy, a fried egg, and then a sprinkling of um, the furikake seasoning. So it's, it's you know, it's it's comfort food. I think about, like, Salisbury steak is where I would go with this yes, in terms of, like, yeah. families of foods. Yeah. And you and I had a discussion about the furikake seasoning mm. because sometimes when I'm reviewing the recipes for the week, I'm, like, <sighs> texting Kate, like... WTF, why do I have to go find these <laughs> ingredients? And well, you were like, it's not that bad. It's available right. everywhere. And it's yes. true. Yeah. Yeah. You have just never seen it because you've never looked for it. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's and, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And you also wanted to do this podcast to expand your horizons. Just saying. I say that. And then every time I see a, an ingredient that I don't <laughs> have in my pantry, I'm like, oh, my 
God, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, the, the seasoning. Hilarious. Tell us what's in the seasoning. All right, all right, all right. Um, f- so, for a cocky seasoning, and I apologize, I may not be pronouncing this correctly, it's a, a mixture of uh, sesame seeds, uh, seaweed, sometimes citrus peel, sometimes bonito, which is uh, like a dried flaky tuna, in really tiny bits for sprinkling over rice. Think of the size of like almost grated Parmesan cheese, mm-hmm. that kind of size. There are a ton of different varieties, and I've gotten like, uh, you know, I've gotten ones where that are all written in Japanese, and I don't know what I'm getting, but you can kind of like maybe see what they look like inside, or and you know, the, the base is usually seaweed. There's usually the sesame seeds in there. A lot of times, the bonito flakes. So it's supposed to be the savory um, sprinkling for over rice, typically, or rice dishes. You can find them in the Asian section of a decent grocery store. So Whole Foods has it. My Stop and Stop Shop has it. And, you know, if you've got an Asian grocery store in town, um, I sometimes pick a canister up when I'm there. It, you don't need to go specially for that, but sometimes they're fun to see what's what's in those stores. And if you're there, it's a nice thing to pick up. I like it outside of Loco Moco. I sprinkle it on like a poached egg sometimes mm-hmm. in the morning. Avocado toast. You know, I am not officially a millennial, but I might as well be. Um, and James would honestly eat like a bowl. <laughs> like, oh, my avocado toast. Right, you're, um, you're, you're, wait, you're too old, Kate. I'm <laughs> thanks. Yeah. I missed it like by a year, but it's fine. All yeah, right. yeah, because you're such a solemn like. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, anyway, back to the furkake. James yes. would eat like a bowl. Of, well, he loves rice just generally, but he yeah. would eat a bowl of rice with just this on top to add a yeah. little flavor. It, I I think it's delicious. Yeah, I haven't done all those things, but I should now that I have it. I could easily sprinkle it sprinkle it on rice and eggs and that type of stuff, which reminds me I should get mm-hmm. it out of my cabinet and use it some more. But I did I did not want to stop by like Publix or just go mm-hmm. into a big grocery store, so I just stopped at our local co-op and they had it and it was just right there in the seasoning yeah. section. So I, I mean, think it's not difficult to find. Mm-mm. It's like an Amazon. You can Amazon that. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. easy. I, you know, I don't think it's a necessary condiment for every kitchen, but it lasts a really long time. So if you buy it and you use it once and then you forget about it for a month and use it again, it's going to taste great. Anyway, so about the loco moco. So this recipe has you frying the hamburger patties, then making the gravy, then frying the egg, mm-hmm. right? Which I did, but I used about like almost two-thirds less the suggested fat for the hamburger patty and egg because it just wasn't necessary. I don't even Mm -hmm. know. It it seemed like a bit much. Um, But you have to use the right amount of fat for the gravy. If you don't, the gravy won't get thick. You're going to have a weird... The the proportion of fat to flour in a gravy is really important, and that's what determines how thick a gravy is. So Mm -hmm. that you've got to get right. In any case, even with me reducing the fat, this was a very rich dish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Betsy, did you have did you have the same experience? How'd you how'd that work out for you? Yeah, so this recipe was written for two people and I usually double things and make it for the whole family, but I decided for the local Moco to make it just for Ryan and I, and we had a late dinner after the kids went to bed. That's fun. So, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I thought, oh, this will be kind of a fun recipe and I can't it, it was kind of a busy night and I thought I'm just going to feed the kids something easy and then I'll make this later. Mm-hmm. And so we we thought it was good and it was so funny because you and I talked about this. Ryan said it seems like there should be like a jalapeno in the gravy or something. Yeah. It just it was so rich. We felt like it should be cut with some heat or something. But I've never had it before. So maybe 
that's just it could be a perfectly good loco moco recipe <laughs> and i'm making an inappropriate comment about it so right. i don't know yeah what was your rating so i gave this a three out of five um, i you know i'm with you on that you know not only with your like rating and your description maybe it's not authentic but i would have loved some sriracha on this yeah i would make this again if we get really really hungry or maybe split the patty into four so it's not quite as big of a serving. Um, in any case, three out of five forks. If yeah, you're looking I, for some like comfort food, this might be the way to go. I like that idea of splitting the patty down because I think if the if the ground beef patty might not have been so thick too, mm. mm-hmm. that might help. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Loco moco. Yeah. All right. What's, uh, what's next? So... The last one is a one pot creamy lemon chicken pasta with kale from the spoon from spoonful of flavor. Mm. And for our last recipe, it does not have a ridiculous name. Uh, yeah. Um, thanks for pointing that out because I was mm-hmm. super bummed. I could not find a third funny name and I really tried. And then I realized <laughs> I just needed to find a recipe for this episode. Right. So I thought I was like, well, it's a really long name. But yeah, that's that's, good. that's that's just whatever. Okay. So I did want to, you know, we sometimes talk about like trends in food mm-hmm. and I wanted to wade into the waters of one pot cooking, which mm-hmm. is like all over the place. Yeah. Also wading into the waters. That's kind of punny there. Oh, yeah. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> I like that. Oh, so yes, I feel like one pot cooking is right up there with sheep hands and the instant pot mm. And the one pot cooking, I mean, if you've been searching for recipes over the past few years, you've definitely seen hundreds of these. Yes. Yeah. The internet is a funny place. It tends to like coalesce over these Mm -hmm. things. And one pot recipes is now almost a genre of cooking Yeah. um, for these, you know, I think like Tasty does them. But I, I mean, again, Martha Stewart, the OG She's got a pretty internet famous recipe for a one spot, one pot spaghetti where you put like the spaghetti, the tomatoes, the basil, the chicken broth, maybe. Mm -hmm. I haven't looked at that recipe in a while. And then, you know, you cook it all down. I have not made it. Um, Have you made it at all? No, I mean, I I have I have to admit, I've never tried this whole put your tomatoes, basil, water in the pot thing, even (laughs) though. I swear I saw it every day on Facebook for a solid six months oh in like 2016. I mean, do you remember when that was yes. like the only thing you could see was this yes. one pot tomato basil pasta thing and it was revolutionary, but People also were flipping out. It wouldn't go away. It was just yeah. so then I didn't make it because I tend to just not do those things then. Yeah, I tend to get like obstinate. Yeah. I'm like, mm, yeah. I'm not making this thing that everyone else is making. What, what's my problem? <laughs> yes. I don't know. All right. So what do you think about uh, anyway. this then? Yeah. So this recipe, like we were kind of alluding to, the one pot method is exactly that. Everything happens in one pot. So you saute the chicken breast in pieces. Then you add the rest of the ingredients, including the pasta. And you mm-hmm. simmer until the pasta is cooked. So in terms of like easy, this recipe was up there. Yeah. You kind of just saute, dump, and cover and go. Yeah. For t- about 20 minutes. And then in this recipe, you add cream cheese, um, some mozzarella cheese, and lemon at the end, which I thought was delish. Mm-hmm. I do think you need to check the pasta before 22 minutes is up because mine didn't take as long and it felt like it got the chicken a little dry. Yeah. What about you? 
It's a good thing that you're timing and making all these notes for the recipes <laughs> because I thought because we we're doing this podcast that I would pay more attention to that stuff. And I actually don't. I always <laughs> forget to send my timer. and i was like no for this podcast i'm gonna be really good about it i do not i just i'm like i could probably guess when it's done i feel like i've had a good kitchen intuition Mm -hmm. which i don't because i burn things all the time so (laughs) i don't know what's wrong with me but i but i just whatever we all have stories we tell but interestingly i I did fine on this. I, w- I just kept checking it, I think. Yeah. You know, and you can Which is good. I think you should do that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this is an okay method that I've... Uh, I mean, let's not go, go so far as endorsing it, Betsy. <laughs> yeah, it's It worked in this situation. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it does not work when your nachos are on fire <laughs> under the broiler. <laughs> just oh, my God. happened more times than I, I want to admit. I feel like that's a real thing. Yeah. I feel like that's a real thing. Your notches anyway. have never caught on fire under the broil. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, you say that. No, I've never had nachos that were on fire. It's weird you mention that. All right. Um, so. Okay. So let's back focus. To this back, to, back to this recipe. Yeah. That you obviously I, did not time. That I intuitively timed. Okay. And so everything came out fine. Like I thought the pasta was fine and that hmm. whole thing. And I did like the cream cheese, the lemon, and the cheese. Mm. But kind of a funny story. I decided to put about half the cream cheese in to kind of make it like healthier. Oh, jeez. And the first thing Ryan said was, I don't know. It seems like this sauce could be a little bit richer or creamier. <laughs> and so it was, well, I halved the cream cheese because I didn't think we needed all of the cream cheese oh. in there. And he was feeling a little, uh, he was like, well, that's kind of embarrassing. I am... <laughs> I am noticing that this is not full fat version. Right, right, um, right. But so I think if you make this recipe, though, just make it as is. Right. It's, well, here's the thing. And it's a good I, one. Input from me. I ended up buying like, reduced fat or Nufachil cheese. Oh, you did? That's what they okay. call it. Yeah, yeah. And I used the full amount because okay. I also didn't want to use. And that, I think, it gave it the body right. of the cream cheese without having all the fat. So maybe that's a nice, happy medium. Yeah, that that actually is a good tip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you rate it? So I gave this a three out of five. I was kind of three out of five on everything this week, Mm. Um, but but I did like it. I think I would. I would think I would probably make it again. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I I would actually give this recipe a four out of five. James really liked the lemony creamy sauce. I did too, and I would I would make this again. So like I said, four out of four out of five. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's wrap it up here. Three very different recipes. Which one would you pick? What's so the winner? My favorite this week was the Loco Moco. And not because mm-hmm. it was the most versatile and that I would make it every night or it was something I would do again and again. Like that lemon kale, you know, the lemon chicken, mm-hmm. I probably would make again. I think I'd probably go closer to like between a three and a four okay. forks on that one. But... I liked the Locomoco because it was not in my cooking comfort zone. It's something I would have never thought of cooking, and it made it kind of fun, and it was fun the night we ate it, and it was just kind of this random Tuesday, but it was just like a fun, look at this kind of crazy recipe I made, and that was was nice. I like that. Plus the furikake, you know, a new new condiment for you. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Yeah, I mean, mine was a one-pot chicken. 
and I kind of went the opposite. I'm like, oh, good. A nice recipe that I can fit into like my weeknight rotation. But, you know, that said, the Loco Moco is in my back pocket as, uh, well, just, I'll just say it, hangover food. Basically, if you're yeah. hungover, yeah, yeah. this is an excellent idea. If you can yeah. manage cooking, like maybe in the afternoon. Right. Like if you're dinner. brunching at two. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Any of these recipes sound good to you? Make sure you check out our show notes and grocery list at www.dinnersisters.com. There you'll find links to all the recipes, any tips or techniques we discussed, as well as a link to our shopping list spreadsheet. All right. So this week's smorgasbord is a new, possibly recurring topic, <laughs> which is sibling rivalry. And Kate, I feel like you and I have a pretty good relationship, but we don't always agree. I mean, this is true, right? Yeah. I feel like, you know, we've grown up, we've matured, we've gotten closer over the years. Mm-hmm. I haven't thrown a shoe at you in decades. This is true. You know, never mind the context, like taking my favorite skirt. Violence, <laughs> violence is always wrong. Yeah. Don't throw shoes. Anyway, here's our chance, however, to air our grievances in front of an audience who... I can be assured, will definitely agree with me. Yeah. So that could possibly be the case. Our first topic <laughs> in sibling rivalry is fruit or really grapes in a pasta salad with chicken. So mm. this is like a source of always contention in our family because we grew up with the salad, which my mom makes, which is a pasta salad, bow tie pasta, mayo, right. shredded chicken, celery, cut up grapes. Ugh. Our mom will make this for every house guest who's coming. It, it, she just this is what she does. Yes. If you're coming that on Saturday, she will make this on Friday. the The day before someone's coming, she is making a pasta salad to have in the refrigerator. And it's because she one. says, right? Sorry, because as she says, it's just nice to have something in the fridge for lunch. And it's so true. Which I mean, is- that is. Outside of the the normal smorgasbord topic, that is a quick tip from mom. Mm-hmm. That's show solid. notes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly. valid. She would be told. Yeah. So, so I everyone mean, loves this except for you. That's the yeah. issue. Here. <laughs> I the issue. I mean, <laughs> this salad. I just I, she taunts me with it now. Yeah. Like, right. And I am not a very fussy eater at all until that salad comes out. And it, it all has to do with the fruit. Why are there yeah. cut up grapes in there? And then sometimes she puts pineapple in it. And I'm like, if you just had stopped at chicken, pasta, the mayonnaise dressing, I even like the mayonnaise and the celery, I'd be fine. But the, oh, the fruit. And fruit. it gets you, which is so funny because it is sort of like she, she definitely could make it without the fruit, but she was, you will eat this. <laughs> Like yeah. we are all eight and you will like right. it. But anyways, I think it's delicious and I do love it when I come home. And I, there's something about that. Like I like a chicken salad too with mm. grapes and things in it. So I like fruit in my, with my chicken pasta salads. I think yeah. that's. I just, I find it, I find it to be so gross. I mean, yeah. I just, I feel, I feel terrible. And, you know, didn't the last time we visited, or you visited, I should say, our parents, mom specifically told you, I'll make the pasta salad, Kate's not coming. <laughs> yes. Isn't it? It's, I feel like it's pasta salads and quiches, right? Was right. Well, I got over the quiche thing. You got over the quiche thing. Yeah, it wasn't, I wasn't uh, eating quiche for a while. I had yes. an unfortunate stomach flu, isn't it? But 
yeah, it's, it's the grapes. I can't, I can't get over the grapes. Well, but usually, you know, in the ice cream cake, you <laughs> will <laughs> forever. It's a clash of the titans. It is a clash of the titans. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh my god! What I will say is that I actually like this salad without the fruit. And I can yeah. pick out most of it when she does make it, and I'm at their house. It's just like sometimes the chicken picks up the grape taste. It's just, oh, gosh. Anyway. Well, it's more for me. And listeners, if you think I'm right and you want to taste this delicious pasta salad, we will post a recipe in the show notes. You can make it when your house guests are coming and always have something to eat for lunch in the fridge. Yeah, and you can always leave out the grapes. Mm-hmm. You could. You could, or you could throw them in there with some pineapple. next week coming up what do we have i am seeing here that we go vegetarian with three meatless recipes nice yes we are we're going veggie so of the three meatless recipes we have a shawarma um Mm -hmm. with chickpeas so gotta love a chickpea which is just one of my faves which is so funny because you know what mom said to me she's gonna die she was like can you and kate stop making so many chickpea recipes on the podcast <laughs> she did too bad she was like she's like they're so grainy i just don't <laughs> like the texture <laughs> she does hate a chickpea yes. she really does yes well no what are you gonna do in that pasta salad that's for sure yeah oh gosh um, that would be the end of that yes so you're looking forward to the chickpeas and if you're lucky i'll let you know what my middle daughter calls chickpeas next week you'll have to tune in to hear that Oh, my goodness. So that's what's for dinner. See you next time on The Dinner Sisters, and we'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at www.dinnersisters.com for show notes, grocery lists, and other fun stuff. Got some dinner ideas? Shoot us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com. Lastly, as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, please review and subscribe. That's how people get to know us. Thanks, and happy eating.